1991, I was the recipient of the ever so loving nickname, Tia Talk A Lot. Now, this could have stunted my extroverted self, but instead I embraced that name like it was my job. Almost 30 years later, that name still rings true. Here's the deal though, I actually really love to listen too. Someone once joked that this only happens on Tuesdays though. Now, I don't want to disappoint your expectations of the show, so we won't veer off too often, but on occasion, you will hear from people other than myself. This episode happens to be one of those. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Today is one of those days where I have a guest with me. I know that I often joke that I just love to talk and talk and talk, but I actually really do like to listen and it really doesn't matter what day. Um, Ursula is someone that has been actually on my podcast, any podcast that I've ever had. I'm like, let's get Ursula on. Uh, she's been a um, someone that's been a coach and a mentor and a friend, both in business and personal. Like our lives have been able to uh, virtually kind of uh, mesh together in a lot of different ways. Many people listening to this, I know you've seen us on the same stages. Uh, you've probably listen to us on a podcast here or there as well. And anytime I'm thinking of my podcast, I'm thinking, how can I get Ursula on it? What can we talk about? And we could probably have a show together, just like an actual podcast, just us two talking because there's so many different topics. I know. <laughs> okay. Let's not go on that. <laughs> but Ursula, thank you for being here. I'm just like so excited to share this like virtual stage with you today. Yeah. Amen, sister. I'm excited to be here. Love that we met all those years ago when I flew back from California to an e-women, like resident, yeah. it was e-women, right? And I sat, sat at the same table and, um, and it all started there. And I want to say a big shout out to you. Speaking of podcasts, without you, I wouldn't have started my podcast, which was yes. Yourselves Now. Now it's Quantum Revenue Expansion. And I think you've been on 15 times now. <laughs> um, so anyway, always delighted to hang out with you. Let's do this. Yes. I know. Well, I've actually talked about you quite a bit on the podcast already. And one oh. of the times that I talked about you was with the book that I just talk about all the time, One Great Goal. And I know that this is one that you're like, Tina, I can't believe this is the one you like latched onto, but it's something that I have been able to change my life in, in so many ways. And I know, I know it wasn't your first book though, was it? Mm-mm. No, no. Sell- selling with intention was the yes. First. Okay. Which yeah. I've read as well. Um, but it was one of your earlier books. Yeah. Do you, I, this is just totally, this is like a selfish question, but as you've written like all of these books, do you ever want to go back and edit them? Like, does your mind change or do things change? Or are you like, just, it's on the shelf. It's done. We're going to just move on. Mm, that's such a good question. First of all, I love that you love one great goal that inspires me all the time. Like I, I love, like everybody has a different book that they love that I've written. And yeah. I think that means a lot to me. So thank you. I know you've bought them by the caseload and I given them out and I really appreciate that. You know, what's interesting is I hate editing my books. Like if you ask Amanda Johnson, my book coach, she will say like, I, I complain so much. Like I am so crappy. In <laughs> fact, one of my best friends in California, Janice, she called, she like made a name up for me. I think it was, I don't know if it was Debbie Downer, but it was something to that effect. Like when she, she didn't even want to talk to me during the book editing process because I'm so crabby. So <laughs> To, like to think about going back and editing any of them, I, I couldn't do it. Not to say that it didn't go through a lot of edits, but I definitely get a lot of help with editing because it's a challenge for me. So, you know, Amanda and others have helped me, really Amanda and early readers have helped me finesse. What's interesting is once they're cleaned up, like I believe books are divine downloads. So I go back and read them to be reminded of what was given to me. So to me, they're gifts that are meant to come through. And you know this, like when a book's trying to come through, 
it's there. It's there for a reason and you got to get it out of your head. And so I love one great goal. I don't consider it mine. I think that's, you know, I think God gives us these, you know, messages and these gifts to get out. And it's one that's been meaningful to me. And I do the one great goal process myself all the time. Like I literally, if you look in my calendar right now, I have it printed out and I do it myself. So I guess that's a long answer to, um, don't, please don't go make, make me go back and edit. I think that they come through <laughs> and, um, I go back and reread them because there's, there's things that I need to be reminded of often. <laughs> I feel like that even with blogs, as I've been doing, mm. you know, 90 days of podcasting, I'm like, oh goodness. I know there's already content that I've produced that needs to be reseen in the world or, you know, adapted in a little bit of a way, you know, wherever I'm at. And so I've gone back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't, I, I actually wrote this. Like this was a divine download. Cause like that is, that's not in my brain anymore. Or like, I can't believe I actually, um, you know, wrote that. And I, I say this kind of, con, you know, kind of a little bit conceited, conceited, but it's like, Oh wow, that was really good. <laughs> you know? Well, I know that's the truth though. And I mean, things come through us and you wonder, you know, where these downloads come from. And so I think it's important to be, be in awe of those messages. I love to go back and read stuff that I've written years ago. Cause I'll be like, what? Like I understood that then, but why did I forget that? Right. Cause we forget yeah. what we think we know and we go back to old patterns. So definitely going back and reading things we've written before is powerful. Mm-hmm. I love that. I know that, um, you know, not everyone probably knows what you do. <laughs> I always just like assume like everybody <laughs> knows my Ursula, like they know all the things about her. Um, and maybe they're out there like, you know, trying to Google just Ursula since it's like all I said, but now you're Ursula Inc. Right. That's the Yes. Name of your company. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you could give just like even a little small synopsis on like, who are you? What do you do? Yeah. So I, I would, I mean, I'm a business coach, business strategist. I started out in the world of sales coaching after I had a fun career in the corporate world, selling computer training and consulting, started my own company, like what feels like a million years ago, but launched the first one in 2004. So my original corporation was Potential Quest Inc., which is still my corporation. So my DBA today is Ursula Inc., which then morphed into Sales Coach Now, which then eventually became Ursula Inc. And in the beginning, it was just pure business coaching, which I loved. Like it was like 500 bucks a month and I'd meet with you in person a couple of times a month. Like I look back at that, I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I survive? Can we go and back then, to that? Because I would love to pay you $500 a month <laughs> and meet with you twice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll have okay. coffee with you all the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that was, you know, that was really the journey. And I just, you know, going back, a lot of people ask me like how I got into coaching when I was president of the technical training and consulting company. So I was president of a, it was like a $20 million company, which I share that not to say, look what I did. It was, it was just like getting an MBA on steroids. So I went from being an outside sales rep to running this multi-million dollar company. And I learned so much. And one of the things I learned is that I didn't want to work for anyone again. Mm-hmm. And I really loved mentoring and coaching salespeople. Mm-hmm. And that just, you know, I, I remember sitting in this beautiful corner office in Orange County, California. It looked out over the Santa Ana John Wayne airport. And I just, I'll never forget. I was sitting there. I was thinking, gosh, there's gotta be something different. And I just had this vision of, and this desire of like, wow, what if I was a coach? Like, what if I did that full-time? Like, I didn't want to be a therapist. I didn't want, you know, I, I wanted to be a coach and really help business people move forward. And so that was, you know, where that piece was born. And of course, then it morphed into, I did, you know, I did coach a lot of salespeople, but then I kept getting like 
being my being an, becoming an entrepreneur made me realize like how many of us didn't know how to sell as CEOs or needed support. And then I saw that whole world um, of just you know coaching business owners, and that's mm-hmm. what I've pretty much been doing since then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you completely have shifted my life in so many ways within my own business, my own thought process. One topic that I, I really have just felt led that so many people are, I hate the word struggle. I need to find a new one. Like I need my own word for that, but just like kind of have, have stumped them is where they get to a point, you know, even specifically, we just talked doTERRA, you know, they get to a point where they have felt that they have used up their warm market um, or they just don't know like how to work through some things. And I go back in kind of intuitively thinking it's um, a story that they're telling themselves because it's not the truth. Like I can see the other side and be like, dude, you have so many people, (laughs) like you have such a network, but you're seeing this as like some sort of a block. And I think it, I know that it's in this this money, money conversation or, you know, their history or their life or something in there is just trapped yeah, and they can't move. And so I know that money and sales and all of that has been part of your world and, and, and you're working a lot in the business, in business to help people work through that. So I'm just rambling now. Yeah. Yeah. I have some thoughts for you. Yeah. I definitely love, I, today I'm in the world of quantum revenue expansion, but back in the day, when I first wrote selling with intention, you know, cause I was dealing with my own money blocks and my own, you know, growing up, there wasn't a lot of money. I had a lot of limiting beliefs about money. And then as I grew my business, I ran up against the belief of like, you know, who are you? There's just a well, not a well-meaning, not a well-meaning person at all. Someone in my family said that to me, like, who are you to make that kind of money? Why do you need a house like that? And why do your clients pay you that much money? Like this was at a Thanksgiving and I can say this out loud Thanksgiving dinner, because my next book up level now is pretty personal. So I feel I'm kind of in this time now where I'm like sharing some of this stuff, but I realize now that, you know, many of those things that were given to me were gifts. <laughs> they didn't feel like gifts at the time. And I can remember my husband, Tim, who loves me dearly. I remember seeing his face and watching these things land on me. And I also remember in that moment with his support and just being able to talk through it, like, I'm not going to take that on. That's so not mine. And so I would start with, you know, looking at your own money story. Like what was the money story when you were growing up? What were you told about money or even over the years, right? Because as you start to expand, as you start to play bigger, so to speak, or do something different, there's going to be people in your family and your friends who confront you or who say things to you about why it's not possible. And you got to decide if you're going to take that on or not. So that's number one, I would say. Number two, I think instead of struggle, maybe one way to reframe it since you asked, because I get struggle, like we all get struggle. I think yeah. what people have is an income ceiling In selling with intention. I talked about it as a financial set point because it's so, and it's so easy to understand. I remember when I first understood this, I was like, Oh, because just like we, your body has a weight set point, right? There's a set point that you kind of stick around unless you do something different. You also have a financial set point and a financial set point is the amount of money you're willing to allow in every month before your nervous system basically says no. So think about that. And for most people in the beginning, especially when you start your business, it's enough to pay your bills, but not enough to move forward. And for some people who don't make it in business, it's usually not even enough to pay the bills. There's just such a, there's so many blocks around what it means to make money, allowing the money in, being profitable, living a different life. Like there's just so much. 
that unless they become aware of it, they can't, they can't change it. Yeah. And that's what got me into the world of NLP, NLP neuro-linguistic programming. Since then, I've worked out with many different mo- modalities on how to let go of limiting beliefs about money. But, uh, you know, some people will say, well, I don't think I have any blocks. Well, the, the question to ask yourself is, where do I want to be per month? Like, how much money do I really want to bring in every month? So if someone in doTERRA, they might be like, wow, like if I could just get to, in the beginning, maybe 5,000 a month, or for some people like 2,000 a month, like that would be a game changer for me. You have that desire. So if you haven't gotten there yet, you have a money block and it's okay. It's nothing to be ashamed of because we all have them. But I would start to ask questions about, about what you believe about money. And, you know, if my goal is 5,000 a month in doTERRA, I might say, you know, what do I believe about making 5,000 a month, you know, easily in doTERRA? Like, what do I really believe about that? And the belief might be, Tina, you were, you know, kind of talking about this. The belief might be, there's not enough people. There's not people in my warm circle. And then, and we talk about this in my book, The Belief Zone, the next thing is to challenge that belief. This is something you could do for each other, you know, for people on your team to say, all right, you know, what are three things that aren't true about this belief that I'm holding that there's not enough people? And this comes up for so many of our clients in different, every different industry, right? Because what's not true about that is you start to unpack it and you go, well, 8 billion people on the planet and counting. They don't all have to come from my warm market. In fact, maybe one degree of separation is actually easier, mm-hmm. you know, to invite someone into doTERRA. I really, you know, when I break the numbers down, I don't really need that. It's not that many. It's really not that many sales. It's not that many people on my team to hit 5,000 a month. Like you just start to unpack that belief. And then pretty soon you start to see that it's not true. Once you can start to see it's not true, you can take on a new belief. So my new belief is, might be, you know, I easily allow in $5,000 a month working with amazing souls who want to be healthy and grow business, you know, whatever that sentence is and start living into that. Once you decide that that's true and you're like, wow, I can believe this, or at least 80% of me believes this. And, and you make a decision, you know, Tina, this is really important. We talk about this a lot. I'm all in, like I'm all into 5,000 a month. You can't, you can't have one foot in doTERRA and one foot out, right? You can't have one foot in any business and one foot out because you'll never get there. You just have to say, burn in the backup plan. I'm all in, it's 5,000 a month and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. And if I were on your team, I'd be like, all right, Tina, I want to hit 5,000 a month and I want you to hold me accountable. Like I'm going to do everything that it takes and you've done it. You've been there. Like what are my moves? Right. And so you realize that the, the opportunities are there. It's just about, it's about getting all in, making the decision and not stopping. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> we, it is so crazy. Cause obviously we have been aligned in our worlds for so long. Like you literally just explained like four podcasts that I have recorded. So I have, a, um, you know, what, like about your plan B, like not having a plan B is so important. And I, I highlighted in this podcast that there are so many different times that I see people having another plan. And then, so whether they go into that other plan or not, their mind is there and they can't, that plan A just cannot move forward. And so, um, and if all of a sudden you've planted a, a plan B in there, then hurry up and get rid of plan A because you're already over here, right? Like, 
or, or, you know, yeah, figure it out, like standing in the middle of it. And so people will often think that it's a good idea to be in two different MLMs. And I'm like, Oh goodness. Yeah. You, or, you know, adding more services into something you're already doing. It's like, well, then you break the, um, kind of the referral option. Right. So at, at Tenacious, when we had, when I had my marketing company, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, we could do this other offering or we could actually have a referral partner that we we have that we can, you know, connect with. Well, there's a money story right there because then you're like, well, shoot, if I don't do this other offering, I can't make that money. And that then that money goes to someone else. And it's like that, that is even something that has to be kind of reshaped. So I've gone through this process in a lot of ways. You know, I, I'm sure I have another, you know, um, kind of my next story or my next belief. We're always kind of climbing that. Um, and, but I've had it, you know, working through kind of the youth. Like, I think at first I thought I didn't really have like a big thing. And then I realized, well, even though it wasn't a big thing, it was a thing, right? So somewhere along that line, we have to keep working our way up. So you were a part of this. And I know I've shared this on the podcast before that, um, I had a um, small business conference called the before conference. And the idea and concept of this was that we always have a new before. And we always have a new after. And it isn't necessarily to like keep you thinking like, oh, I'm always on this hamster wheel. It's not that you're always kind of climbing. Hopefully that's the goal, right? We're always kind of climbing. And when we get to that, like after we're like, oh, I achieved that. We have a new, we have a new before, right? We have, we have a new after. And so um, it's the idea and kind of concept even around the belief zones. Like you're going to move into a new belief and, yes. you know, move into that new um you know, story that you're now telling yourself. So I love that. I love that. Will you tell me, Ursula, you know, I've been able to be a part and I I should always know this. I'm always trying to guess. I mean, the time frame. I don't know exactly. You probably know a little bit more of how long we've known each other, but I feel like, you know, along with the books that you've written and the things that you've done, your company has um, continued to really see a lot of growth. And actually you saw a lot of growth and shifts you know, price increases, which were really good for you. And I want maybe not price increases, but necessarily like bigger packages for, um, you know, people wanting to even, you know, expand even more that, and you did that through the pandemic, yeah. like, and, and saw like pretty insane growth. And so you laugh, but it's like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. Right. You know, like so much has happened. Like how, how, like, what, what have you been doing that's been so different um, that you've actually seen that happen because people in your field, like speaking on stages and, and coaching and who you're working with, like, I, I don't know the numbers or stats, but I'm going to just throw an assumption out there that a lot didn't pivot and, uh, they're looking for different jobs or doing different stuff. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I can think of a, it's like a $10 million company that didn't make it and they didn't make it fast. Like it was like, just boom. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said pivot. The word I said, I was never going to say again, the word of 2020 was pivot, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, like, I remember, you know, I remember where I was on March 13th. I was at my friend Nikki's house who, you know, like we, Nikki and I were talking about that this week. Like we were thinking about and remembering back to where we were at the, like when things, the day before things shut down mm. and, you know, she owns a hair salon. So it was like, like for her, it was, you know, very interesting and horrible wow. on the front end of just really literally being closed down. For me, I had a lot of um, events, live events that were on the calendar and then they were gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew pretty quickly, I would say I knew within the first two weeks that 
you know, I heard people saying they were going to wait it out. So they were keeping their live events on the calendar, but I knew people in the events industry who work with major corporations like Microsoft and others. And they had already, they had already basically benched all their live events for 2020 and, and into 2021. And so I knew we would follow that. Like I knew they were the bell ringers and I'm like, okay, I got to pay attention to this. And I still remember people saying, nope, I'm going to hold on to my live. And I'm like, even if you hold on to that, you know, how many people are going to show up? (laughs) You know, like, even if you can (laughs) have an event, who's coming, like, who's not going to be afraid because there was so much fear in the beginning. And so I, I remember, you know, just feeling super sorry for myself for like, you know, a good week and a half. Like, and I told Tim, I said, my husband, I was like, you know, this might be it. I know I've said that before. This (laughs) might be the end. And Tim laughed at me like out loud. He's like, Oh, okay. So you're going to lay the business down. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. He goes, really? Like, why don't you use what you teach (laughs) this whole quantum stuff and go play with that for a little while. I was like, okay, fine. Like he said it in a very loving way, but he did laugh at, he laughs at me on the frequent when I tell stories that are true. So that's when I made the decision. I'm like, you know what? we're going to take everything virtual and Rebecca, you know, who's been with my company for 10 years now, like we sat down together and just strategized. And she said to me, she said, you know, this is, this is probably the opportunity we've been waiting for to change everything. Hmm. And that's when I said, you know, you're probably right. So I took the opportunity to rebrand. So we rebranded into Ursula Inc. It changed all of our programs into things that I really wanted to create because the truth was sales coach now was amazing for clients who wanted to grow to six figures and maybe beyond that. I mean, you were like part of our top 10% who went way beyond, you know, that the early, you know, low six figures. What had happened though, is we had all these clients who were ready to scale and that scaling conversation had been kind of out there and we just hadn't made the jump. And so the second we, we did, we created the 2X intensive, we created the CEO table, co-creation collective and our year long up level now. And we started to put it out there. Clients were like raising their hands in the pandemic. They were like, I want to be part. So there's a lot of clients who'd been with us for a long time, who just said, I'm coming. I want to join you for this. And so I think for those of us who pivoted and who made it and who even thrived through it, we saw the opportunity that was there, you know, in thinking grow rich, um, Napoleon Hill talks about the sky, the slide disguise of opportunity. And to me, that's what the pandemic had to become if we were going to make it through. And then we took that belief and we gave it to our clients. We're like, why can't this be your best year in business? And we had clients having incredible, like tripling their revenue during the pandemic. So all I to say, you know, that that's what shifted. But the other piece is I hired, I invested, I doubled down on coaching. I spent more on coaching that first six months of the pandemic than I'd ever spent in my life. And I can say that it definitely paid off. And it was at a time when you know, many would have said, probably you shouldn't be spending that money, but I was like, here we go. And so of course that made a big difference. Do you, so as far as you hiring a coach, I mean, I, I always feel like I, 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 I desire to have a coach in my life at all times. It is always my, my brain just needs it. I need to just dump and, and hear their thoughts. And, and that, how do you, when you are a coach, that's, you know, charging six figures at times for things five, you know, upper five figures, who are you looking for? Like what's kind of your parameters around who can speak into your world? For sure. That's a great question. So it has to be someone who's ahead of me and I have to be able to know the numbers at a pretty good level. Like they, they've got to be willing to say, you know, I'm 5 million or wherever I'm at or 10 million. And with, and, and 
like it has to be within the parameters of something that I know I need to learn. So I'm always thinking like for me, coaching is a hack and I want it to be a hack for my clients as well. Here I am, here's where I want to go. And this person can help me get there and they've done it. They've done it. And I think that's an important piece. So, and of course, someone I'm in alignment with values wise, you know, otherwise it's, it's not going to work. And so I, I, I'm also a big believer though, that, you know, the, they're already like, they're, they're going to show up. Like if you want to coach, they're going to show up in your world. You just got to be paying attention. You might not want to pay the ticket to get in. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually what happens. You're like, Oh, I want to coach. And then it's like, Oh, I don't know if I can. Pro-. But when I hire a coach, the belief is, I'll have a minimum of a 10 times return on that investment. And that's the same thing we say to our clients. Like if you're going to invest in coaching, I don't want you to do it unless you're going to bet on yourself and say, I'm going to have a 10 times return on this investment. And we say that now because we want, we can't drag someone across the finish line. We want clients who show up, who are ready to do what it takes. They're not going to make it harder, but they're ready to do the work. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm a, I'm totally a numbers girl. I used to say, I don't like numbers. And I was, that was so a lie. I just didn't totally understand it. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if you guys, if you have this or so or anyone listening, but there's times when all of a sudden you realize you've been telling yourself something for so long and you just been, you've been just doing it and you don't realize like, that's not me actually anymore. And that was me. So I used to say, Oh, I'm just, I hate numbers. I don't like numbers, but I actually love numbers. I love statistics. I love tracking. I love, I love money. Like I love, I love increases, you know, I like stats, I love all that kind of stuff, but I will never forget. I actually still have the, the, the paperwork of it, but the very first event that I went to with you, I remember writing down that our monthly income or, you know, gross was 17,000 a month. And I remember writing this down and thinking, okay, um, I want to double this, right? That's one of the things that you walk where, you know, we're walking us through at that time is, okay, let's double this. And I remember thinking, okay, oh my gosh, what? And I started getting in my own head, like, okay, well, exactly. And now I'm trying to write down a plan. Like we would have to sell this and then we'd have to sell this and we have to sell this and realizing like that intricacy of having to write that down was actually like stalling me. You know, it was like the belief wasn't there because I'm like, Oh, how we've never sold that or whatever. Well, within three months, um, we tripled our sales and actually almost even more than that. And I didn't even realize it. Right. Like I didn't even realize that we had done it because it wasn't like in my mind at the time, it was like not quite possible because it didn't make sense on paper. And in coaching with you on a regular basis, it was all of a sudden like, Oh my gosh, it actually already happened. Like we're, we're there, you know? Um, and so I think I'm just kind of tangenting on that a little bit, but like the numbers aspect and like having a coach that you're working with specifically for whatever it is you're dealing with. And, um, you know, I've shared this on the podcast. I'll share it again. But when I met Ursula, I, I knew that in that next year, my intention was to learn more on sales. And so it was December 13th of I think 20, oh, I, I got it. 2012 or 2013. It was 2013. I Cause I'm pretty sure Luca had already been born. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are like nine, not, we're in nine years, nine ish years. Okay. Um, that we've known each other then about, right. Almost. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so we met that time frame. I knew that I wanted to have my 
business focus on sales that next year. I knew that that was the piece that like, I was still telling myself I didn't like numbers and that, you know, money. And I, I like, I couldn't sell, but I, I just needed to be revealed. So I, my focus was I have to hire someone that is in this area. So what you're saying to Ursula is like finding someone that yes, a hack, like what do I need to learn from this person and what can they move me forward? So for me, it has been not necessarily that financially they need to be at a spot that's higher than me. I, there were whatever I need to learn needs to be higher, right? They need to be in a higher space than me, you know? And so there's been times throughout my business where maybe I didn't have a coach that was necessarily making more, but maybe they were taking home more, but you know, they were doing something in my, they were doing something that I wasn't doing. They, they had, they had hacked something uh, in their own business that I hadn't yet hacked. So that was a really big deal for me. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I'm not a six figure, I'm not working towards seven figure. Maybe you're, you're in a space where even $5,000 a month sounds like a lot. Maybe you're where I need to make 500. Do you need a coach? I would actually recommend it. Now there's times when maybe your mentor is someone that's actually like unpaid, right? Like you're letting a voice speak into you that it's just a podcast, you know, um, you know, or you're reading a book, but you're all in and really thinking of that person as your mentor, I would be seeking out who could be that person that could be speaking into your life as a coach, someone you're hiring and you're paying for, and you're reaching towards that. Um, the only time I haven't had a coach, I've made really, really bad business decisions, like purchasing a hair salon. <laughs> so, um, although it taught me how to make, you know, the best curls ever for my hair, um, it was a really expensive education. Um, and so I always say like, have a coach, have a coach, have a coach. So, um, a couple of last things I want to ask you, Ursula, again, I mean, I could, I will have you on the podcast again, but I, I feel like I could have you on it once a week. Um, especially when I'm doing 90 days <laughs> in a row, if we want to just hit stop and record another one, that'd be great. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but a couple of other things I'd love to hear is when you do have this high ticket pricing and when you are, you know, working with a lot of your current people, where are you marketing? Like, how, what are you guys using? What are some of the things that are really working for you. And I guess it doesn't even have to matter that it's a high ticket price, but just that you are consistently bringing in new customers and I'm sure it's a mixture of a ton of different things, but what's yeah. what's some of the marketing that you're just loving right now? <clears throat> um, I don't know that I love marketing. So let's, see. <laughs> Oh yeah. I forget. She hired Remember us, she yeah. hires but I have to change that story. So what I've decided is that now marketing is about getting my message out to the world. So those, those brave and amazing souls can say, oh, that's me. Right. So it's, so I've reframed it. So it's better now. So we, you know, I hang out of course on my podcast, which I love, like love. Thanks to you love doing the podcast, love chatting with myself or people, you know, whatever it might be. And, and that's become really, really fun. And because of the podcast, we have clients like shout out to Julia. If she's listening, Julia joined us from Australia and she'd been listening for like three years, I think before she um, came over to hang out with us. So, um, love the podcast, love, um, Instagram more and more, although we're not, we're going to, you're going to see, we're going to be doing a lot more there and I'm going to participate more because my team told me I had to. So there's that. I'm still speaking a little bit, you know, virtually I get invited to events, but I'm pretty picky about where I hang out there, but we still get amazing clients from, from key partners. So we have key partners where I'm invited to speak typically paid and then also, um, have an opportunity to offer something on the back end. So those partnerships are really good. And then <clears throat> referrals, like we, we get amazing referrals from our clients and, you know, just affiliates and referral partners and communities who want to promote what we're doing. And even I would say organizations that might not normally 
promote coaches. So I feel very blessed that we've just had people come along because they see that our clients get results and they want their clients to get results. And so we get that. So I think, you know, social media, and of course I've been doing my newsletter, you know, at one point it was called an easy, and I don't know what you call it now, but um, for 15 years mm. <laughs> consistently. So I think the thing with marketing is I've been consistent. Yeah. I've stayed out there and people circle back and, or they refer somebody. That is really, really inspiring that you've been doing your newsletter for that long. Um, <laughs> that is, I mean, seriously, I, I'm a little spastic. It was, you know, when I had tenacious, it was like so consistent. Um, and actually last week was my first time that I got one out that I'm like, okay. And I wrote for the second week already. So it's going out. Like, I feel like me again, you know, yes. um, but yeah, 15 years of solid content putting it out there. That is really, really incredibly inspiring. So how can people connect with you, Ursula? Where can they find you? I mean, I know you said your podcast, I'll put a link to that. I'll put a link to Instagram, but I know you, I'm sure you have some beautiful download that people can grab up or some sort of item. Um, yeah, for sure. Newsletter. So, um, the, if you go to ursulainc.co, not.com.company.co, ursulainc.co, you can get quantum revenue expansion, the masterclass. It's a three-part class that talks about first how to create a quantum revenue container, really what we talked about today in deeper detail in terms of how to bust through an income ceiling and say, I want to turn my annual income into my monthly income. So we play with that idea. The second part of the course, we talk about how to up-level your marketing and your pricing and you know all those things that come next. Like after you raise your container, monthly, then it's like, well, what do I do with my marketing? How do I price myself? So I go through that. And then the third part of the class is just three hours. The third hour is spent and focused on um, collapsing time and getting there even faster through team systems and really quantum mindset. It's really, really, really um, a powerful class. So you can just go to Ursula Inc. It's on the homepage. It doesn't get any easier to find. And February 24th, we have scale to seven. So it's the word hmm. scale, the number two, the number seven scale, it looks like scale27.com. And it's going to be a two hour Zoom um, course with myself and Rebecca. So it's going to have a lot of laser coaching, but we're really focused on helping those companies that are maybe at low six figures and want to go to seven figures, figuring out like what your next quantum leap can be financially, like a power strategy to set up your model month template. And then we're going to get into, all right, so what's been stopping you? So we're going to use some NLP and other cool modalities to help people break through what's there. And that's a two-hour course on the 24th of February. You can go to scale27scale27.com. I love it. So if someone is listening to this after the 24th, are they still going to be able to receive that? Yeah, you know, we'll we'll probably figure something out. It might become um, a free gift or something. So I would say check it out. We'll leave it up for a little while. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been so great. Again, I can talk to you for hours and hours. We do need to schedule another coffee to get dumping all the ideas out there. I feel like I'm always leaving inspired. So thank you for that. And this was like, this was kind of like interviewing you while we're having coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love it. I'd love to come. In fact, I'd love to come up back um, when up level now is launched. So maybe we can talk about that because that'll be within your April timeframe, if that's okay. Love that. So yeah, Ursula has a brand new book coming out. She has, you know, more books than we even talked about on the podcast. So you can find those also on your website and on Amazon, correct? Correct. So I'll put all the links. We'll get all that rocking and rolling here in the show notes. So you guys can click away and do all the things. So, um, well, awesome. Thanks for hanging out, Ursula. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I love you guys. I'm so thankful for you. A couple things. Instagram's my favorite place to hang out. I love carrying on the conversation over there. So please find me there. 
drop into my direct messages. It's so fun to connect. And second, I would love to hear from you on the reviews. So super, super easy. Scroll down on your app on Apple or wherever you're at, leave a review. I love to do shout outs here on the podcast for those that do. And just want to thank, thank you if you've already taken the time to do it. So we will see you back here tomorrow for Tina Talks. Um, we have a solo show tomorrow that I'm rocking out. You guys are going to absolutely love it. So we'll see you back. Bye guys.